In the world of conservative media, you'll find a lot of voices, a lot of radio programs, a lot of folk on television and even online. But which ones can you honestly trust? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to a very special edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Well, there's no doubt there's a tremendous amount of conservative programming out there, whether it be online, on television, on the radio, doesn't matter. There's a lot of it. And and much of it, well, I hate to say it, but a lot of it, I, I'm getting to the point that I simply am finding myself less inclined to, to spend my time, my effort, or even consider giving some of it my support. When you look at where, let's look at talk radio to start with. In the 1980s, talk radio, conservative talk radio, was a fairly new phenomenon. Prior to that, there was really not a whole lot of talk radio out there. And if you're intellectually honest, Rush Limbaugh changed everything. There was a definite hunger, a definite desire for conservative voices all the way back to the 1980s. And Rush Limbaugh was an absolute success financially. And I know that he really believed in a lot of what he had to say. But one of the problems when you get as big as a Rush Limbaugh was, or as big as a Sean Hannity is and and many others, you end up being tied to the corporations that are pushing your program. In the case of Rush Limbaugh, his program was pushed out by a company called Premier Radio Networks, which is technically a division of iHeartRadio. And they're in the business of making money. They're not in the business of an ideology. When you look at the various products that are put out by iHeartRadio and all their other associated media outlets, They really have no conscience. They really have no soul. They only chase one thing, money. I can remember when Fox News came along in 1996. I was living in a small town in Georgia, and television reception was always an issue where we lived. And there was a sweetheart deal to get Dish Network, and my wife and I debated about it, and we did. And there was Fox News, and we became viewers like from day one. I can remember programs like Hannity and Combs, Bill O'Reilly, just to name a couple off the top of my head. And people like Sean Hannity started out in small markets, worked their way to places like Atlanta, then New York, and now still on radio, nationally syndicated, and also on Fox News. And they're not making moderate incomes. These are not, you know, middle-class people struggling to get along. These companies that hired them make a lot of money because of them and have paid these individuals accordingly. There are times that I, I begin to wonder about the corporate level of much of our media voices. And and there's so many voices out there. I'm not talking about me in particular. I mean, forget me. 
But I have heard and I have read and I have seen and I have listened to a number of incredibly good voices that most of you have never heard of. Because they're not a Sean Hannity. They're not on all the big radio stations and all the major markets with big ratings and big paychecks. They struggle to to do what they are called to do each and every day. Now, I will admit there's some online. They do a lot of video. They're also very sensational. And honestly, I I don't want to name them, but I, I followed several for quite a while. And how many times they made claims and promises and predictions that didn't come true. Because they're busy trying to get that headline to catch your attention, to put you into fear. Hey, I thought that's what the coronavirus was supposed to do, put us in fear. Not talk radio. The kind of talk radio that I am doing, the kind of talk radio that I believe in, the kind of talk radio we need more of is not so much to, well, highlight all the bad things or to try to convince you we can fix this at the elections. You know, hey, we'll fix it at the ballot box in 2022 and we'll get President Trump in 2024 or whatever you want. You know, it, it, it's not going to happen. This year, as I've said many times before, I have been voting for 50 solid years. I haven't missed a presidential election. I don't think I've missed a gubernatorial. And in all those years, have we fixed it? Of course not. The Bible says, do not put your your hope in princes or the sons of men. We're supposed to put our, our hope in an almighty God. And so there are many of us that are out there that are struggling to get heard. The big radio stations won't touch us because, well, the corporate media doesn't like us. We might say something to offend a big sponsor. And it's hard to get on radio. The expense of, you know, doing it is not cheap. Radio stations like to pay their bills. I understand it. I owned a radio station at one point. In my career, I had a partner and we owned a small AM radio station that we took from bankruptcy to a very popular station in a matter of about a year. I understand it. I also understand how hard it is to develop an audience. One of the projects, and I'll talk about it more next week that I'm working on, may help to address that issue in a small way plus some other things that I believe the body of Christian believers need to have. And that'll be next week on the program. And what I'm starting to do, and you're going to hear this from time to time, I'm going to bring you some some show host, whether they're radio, maybe just video, vloggers, doesn't matter, that I believe you should know more about. I believe that all of us in this business, especially those of us that are looking at talk radio from a Christian worldview, need to work together. We're not competitors to each other. Each of us have our own unique calling. And it would be wonderful if we can help each other find new audiences to encourage the body of Christ to find reputable people that they can trust. 
Now, now, some of these ministries, some of these programs, they're commercial in nature. Some are are selling products. We don't do that here. I haven't felt the leading to do that. I have nothing against it. But I want to encourage you to realize that it's not just the big voices that are out there. There are many voices that have insights, especially in some parts of the country, that you really need to hear. And today I want to welcome one of those talk show hosts, a lady with a big voice. Her name is Beth Ann, and she is from CSC Talk Radio, heard on radio stations around the country and even on shortwave and live on the Internet. And so, Beth Ann, as I welcome you to Truth to Ponder, tell me how you got into the radio business. I uh got out of the medical field. I was in the medical field and I felt like it was extremely stressful where I was and I was looking for a job and a gentleman named Derry Brownfield called me for an interview. Mm -hmm. So I went in and interviewed with him. He works, he was the founder of the Brownfield Network, but he had a one hour talk show called Common Sense Coalition. And he needed an office manager and a secretary for that. All right. So in 1994, I was I was hired as his girl Friday, I like to say. And as time went on, he ended up putting me on the air with him. Mm-hmm. And in 2008, Derry got kicked off his own network because wow. Wow. the uh, salespeople didn't like. They were getting feedback from Monsanto. He was talking about what Monsanto was doing to farmers. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we left. And uh, in 30 days, the man who founded the Brownfield Network and was uh, the field in Learfield Communications uh, ended up having to leave. Wow. So we went and went out on our own. And uh, we started from there. And I became more and more a part of the the show myself, more and more a part of the business. And so since that time in 1994, I've been in radio, but I have been on the air probably, oh, before 2008, he had me co-host or host for him in his absence, which wasn't very often. And so I've been doing this on my own for 13 years, but I've probably been in radio for 25 years. But that's how I got started. And when he passed away, I uh, had a, had to make a decision. What do I do? Mm-hmm. So I started my own show. And here you and are that's today. How I got here. And, and here, here I am today. I know like this program can be heard. My program can be heard on shortwave. It can also be heard as a podcast. I believe you're also available on some of the, you know, conventional AM, FM radio stations as well. Yeah, so. nationally. It's nationally syndicated. And uh, uh, I'm on several stations in that respect, 12 or 15 of them. And then I'm also on the uh, on the Internet, the World Wide Web. Mm-hmm. You can listen live there on my website, or you can also pick me up on shortwave. And then we podcast every show. So you can always go back and listen to a show. Mm-hmm. They're all on my website. And it is radio. And uh, so... You know, you'll hear all kinds of things. It's live radio. So, you know, it's kind of fun and uh, it's definitely fun, but it has become, you know, a mission. It's become oh, a that. mission and a calling. Oh, I get What's it. What's that? I get it. I yeah. understand that. You know, it yeah. is a mission. It is a calling. And I think we, we lose sight of that oftentimes. But if you were to trying to describe what you do to other people, 
on your show. How would you describe the nature of your radio program? Well, I like to believe that I am an advocate for rural America because that's where my roots are right now. I'm right in rural America. I broadcast from a little town in the middle of the state of Missouri. And, uh, you know, that's kind of unusual. And I've had people say, oh, you need to move to the city, then you'll get founded and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, that's not who I'm representing. I'm representing middle America. Amen. The the good old family, you know. I um, I am a mother, I'm a grandmother, and I have to admit, I am now a great-grandmother. And uh, I am concerned about this country, Absolutely. where it's heading because of them. I, you know, my life, you know, it's... It's not over. I've got plenty to live yet, but it's um, it's for the children, you know. It's it's uh, for our posterity, as our founding fathers said. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason we're in this mess, as you well know, Bob, is because this nation has con- turned their back on God. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in 2019. Nancy Pelosi was making fun. Well, she was telling everyone, I pray for the president. I pray for the president. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of making fun of Nancy. And the good Lord, as he does sometimes, he tapped me on the shoulder and he said, you need to be doing that. So September 26, 2019, I began starting every single one of my shows with prayer. Now, I'm not bragging about that. You know, good Lord had to talk me into it. Mm-hmm. But I have, I was worried, you know, I argued with him, you know, you argue sometimes with God, <laughs> this, is, this is conservative talk radio, I don't know if that's going to work. Mm-hmm. But I have had very positive, because I have good listeners, I've had very positive feedback on that. And, uh, and uh, we started out praying for President Donald Trump, and then when he lost the election, when all that went to, you know, went the wrong direction, uh, I kind of stopped that. And a few months ago, I started it back up again because he's still under attack and he still needs our prayers. And uh, this country has got to turn around. We need a great revival in this country. We actually need a um, an awakening. We need, you know, there's so many people lost. You see what's going on. You know, I watch the news all night long and I see this and these people are lost. I saw a conservative talk show host the other day. I won't name who he was. And it was on one of the conservative networks. And he was interviewing Franklin Graham. Not Frank. Yeah, Franklin Graham. Mm -hmm. And of course, Franklin was talking about how this country has fallen away from God and we need to come back to God. Right. And I could see this talk show host squirming in his seat. He was very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. And you bring up a good point and that there's a lot of good conservative talk radio out there. I'm not going to deny that, but oh, it, but the thing is that that a lot of them they are not in tune, and I'll just come out and say with the Holy Spirit that they are not. They're in tune with their advertisers, their marketing, their egos, and their and their income. <laughs> that, that's the only way I can put it. And, and so, how do we? It's it's getting increasingly hard to both be a conservative and a Christian in today's media world. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed that or not. It almost pegs you. Christian first. I mean, that, that has to be first. Uh, um, 
But in, but in I, I, getting your program out there, a lot of stations, well, we don't want all that God talk. You know, you know what I mean. <laughs> I know. And I've heard it. Well, I don't advertise myself as a Christian talk show. I'm a Christian who owns a talk show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I'll just tell them, even, even when I have uh, a guest or, or a new advertiser that might be coming on, I let them know I start each show with a prayer. If I lose them because of that, Bob, then I lose them. Then you've lost nothing, really. You've lost nothing. The truth um, is you've so, lost nothing in the in the case of the kind of program you're doing. Right. I, I believe that what I, I think is happening, and I, I don't know if you feel this or not, but the Lord is raising up a lot of people to do a lot of small radio programs and a lot of small this, that, or the other. It's one thing, you know, we can all go back to the days when Rush Limbaugh was, quote, king of the talk airwaves. Yeah. And he came out of nowhere, uh, the son of Missouri himself. And yes, he was. <laughs> and and he, he revolutionized talk radio and made conservative radio something that was marketable for the first time and did well at it. But the problem is that you start getting these big conservative networks and money becomes the big driving factor. Advertising becomes the big driving factor. And for example, you know, even I've noticed this and I'll just come out and say it. You have networks like Fox and even Newsmax. Look at the amount of pharmaceutical advertising that they have. How can they ever be how can they ever be even handed when talking about those products? They can't because now they are owned by those products. And, and so, you know, in choosing advertisers, you got to be careful. Well, and something something that came to my mind here just in the last several months is, you know, all of the scandals or all of the chatter of what's going on this, you know, of course, uh, Trump uh, home was raided. And we all know that was unconstitutionally mm-hmm. done. We know that he's being targeted. And uh, but these these talk shows, whether they're conservative or not conservative, they profit off of this sensationalism. Absolutely. And even the ones that are the loudest on the conservative side, and I'm not talking about Fox or I'm talking about someone else, which I will not name his name, but they, they fear monger. Oh, yeah. And they never give a solution. And I don't know if I'm good. They don't have solutions. one. I like to think. Well, maybe not. Well, well they do. Their, their solution is always man-based. The solution man-based. put them out of business. The solution, solution. they believe, look, you know and I know from doing programs like this, I I have some in my audience, they really believe that all we need to do is win the 2022 election and follow it up with 2024, and we will fix America forever. What would you say to someone that makes a statement like that? I'd say, remember 2012? Yeah. Do you remember 2012 when the Republicans told us, if you just give us back the House, if you just give us back the Senate, we'll we'll make a change? But they didn't. Yeah. They didn't change anything. They didn't defund Planned Parenthood. They Mm -hmm. didn't defund Obamacare. They went along with everything Obama said, and then that's why they lost the next. And in 2016, when they finally did have the House and the Senate and the White House beginning in January of 17... Every promise they had made about repealing Obamacare, they forgot all about it and failed. Every promise they made in 12 and 14, they forgot all about it, and they, and, and they left us holding the bag. 
In other words, they, they're, that, they're they opportunists. They refused to do the things the new president wanted them to do, that the reason the people hired him, the reason they elected him, was to build that wall, stop this illegal immigration, fix our trade problems. Farmers have a terrible time because of Mm -hmm. this trade industry. Our food uh, supply is in danger because of their crazy trade laws. This stuff has gone crazy you know, when Trump came down the escalator, I was never a Trump fan. When he was, you know, the the rich guy, and and I always thought he was, you know, the the uh, uh, the bachelor that was mm-hmm. going after all the girls. You know, I I didn't. In fact, I was raised in a family. I was too busy to pay attention to anything but anybody named Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. But when he came down that escalator to announce he was running for president, I noticed through the campaign that he really loved this country. Yes. Now, he's not a perfect man, and he's done things in his life, but most of us have done something that, you know, I would not endorse him for that. You know, I would not pat him on the back for it. Mm-hmm. But I saw that he loved this country. I saw that he had a love for the people. I mean, what other politician that has a rally like that has somebody come up with a baby? Yeah. And they don't kiss babies anymore. They're, they're too busy campaigning to kill them in the womb. Yeah. Absolutely. But he had, I could just see the love of this country in him. But I didn't understand the visceral hate from everyone at him, including the Republicans. Well, there's a reason, and I finally figured it out. Yeah, me too. It was the things he was running for. Mm -hmm. He wanted to fix the immigration problem, and he wanted to fix the trade problem. He wanted to make America great again. My thoughts, my opinion, has been for a while that Congress is profiting. Both sides of the aisle are profiting on these things. Hey, the Republicans are... Including the human trafficking, including all this drug war. We lose every war they they announce. Drug war, war on poverty. We lose. When's the last time the United States won any kind of a war? World War II. I mean, Korea was just a draw. It's still technically a conflict. We have a demilitarized zone. Vietnam, we abandoned. So, you know, try to name a war that we won. The last 20 years, we haven't won that. And we we bailed out. So we have not won a war. But who has made some serious money off warmongering? Some of the Republicans, too. Absolutely. Well, Cheney's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Cheneys did a lot of that. And, 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 and the then Bushes. you go back to Paul Ryan when he was Speaker of the House. Remember that? Mm, he stabbed yes, he stabbed the American people in the back, ran for one term, and decided to let the Democrats have it all back in 18. Yep. And and he yep. just went home because, you know, he can get a job, you know, as a consultant now. And they, they all get, I, they all become millionaires when they're in Congress. I don't know how they pull it off on that salary. They must have some really good investment investment advice. I want, Look I want at the Bidens, investor. for example. <laughs> they own all those homes on a on a poor senator's salary from Delaware. Yeah. Well, we all know that that's corrupt. It we is. all know that they're not just the Bidens, but many of them on both sides of the aisle are in bed with China. They're in bed with foreign countries. They're in bed with these other outside non-governmental organizations mm-hmm. that are fighting against our Constitution, fighting against freedom and independence, mm-hmm. fighting against our own food supply. I mean, it, 
being an advocate for rural America, I see how how these organizations like the ASPCA and HSUS attack farmers, livestock producers. Absolutely. And uh, people, they buy into these these sad, beautiful little sad commercials of the puppies weeping and shivering in the cold and blame breeders for that. But that's not the truth. Mm-hmm. But the people aren't getting the truth. And they're not going to get it from Hannity. No, they're not going to get it. Exactly. They're not going to get it from them. And you don't hear anybody talk about the livestock or the pet breeders or any kind of uh, livestock or animal industry. You know, the circuses, the the, uh, horse and carriage uh, folks that they ran out of business in New York. And and, uh, you just don't, you don't hear anyone else talk about it. But that's an industry that 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 these organizations have pushed out for their own agenda and uh and people don't know about it you know i I, I, i'm going to share just echo on something that you said just a moment ago i can remember oh i'm dating myself now back in the in the 1980s i went to work for a christian college we happened to own a radio station in the metro atlanta area so i had to travel to the metro atlanta area quite a bit and one of the local talk stations in atlanta uh hired a a talk show host to fill in on a a time slot and this guy had worked his first talk show job in a little town called huntsville alabama and he ended up in atlanta georgia and, you know, he wasn't the highest paid guy, but, you know, and, and he had a New York accent. Yeah, I think you know who I'm talking about, Sean Hannity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sean Hannity was on the radio for a while in Atlanta trying to be a talk show host. And, you know, he was not a millionaire at that point. Trust me, not on that station. But a good agent got him a job at WABC Radio in New York and a brand new startup TV channel called Fox News. Now, the problem with some of these guys when they get to that point is that they they lose touch with where they came from. Uh, Rush Limbaugh, I don't think, really ever fully lost touch, but, but I think some do. And, and it's all, when these guys become millionaires and get paid in the millions per year, uh, they, they want to keep, they, they talk about the headlines. They, they talk about how bad this nation is. They're profiting off our misery. Yeah. And they don't want it to get better because if it ever gets better, they're out of a job. If the swamp goes away, they go away. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm realizing that in my case, I would love to see America fixed so I can actually retire. And I wouldn't have to we get can, up and do this retire. every day. I could, do a, I could do a recipe show. We could go back to kitchen clatter. I that know. Me, doesn't it? <laughs> I know. I mean, and I would, lo- I would love to do other kind of radio than this. But, yeah. but right now... This is a mission. This is a calling. This is not a job. You know, I'm, I'm not, as I mentioned to many a, a listener, I am not paid to be here every day to do this radio program. I don't have a staff of people to screen calls, to do my research, to do the production, to do the distribution. I do this by the grace of God that he laid it on my heart that things need to be said and there are people that he brings to this program that need to hear this message. And, and I'm sure the same is true with you. People are called to listen, and there's a reason. 
And Absolutely. There's, and and you, you've got something genuine going on. When I felt God calling me to start each show with prayer, I was doing a study of Esther, which I just love the book of Esther. And, uh, and I always have. It was my, not my first time to study it. <laughs> and um, I always remember that line, for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Perhaps you've been put here for such a time as this. And we have to realize, and I know you do, she was there because it was human trafficking, sex mm-hmm. trafficking. Mm-hmm. A young girl brought in with hundreds of young girls. And um, for such a time as this, God placed her there to save her people. Now, I'm no Esther. I'm no Queen Esther. I'm not even beginning to say that. But I believe, and I tell my listeners many times in our prayer each morning, for such a time as this, God has placed me here. And for such a time as this, God has placed you right where you are. Oh, that is so true, that God does place us in the places we need to be. My guest today is Beth Ann, who is the host of CSC Talk Radio. And when we get back from the break in just a moment, I'm going to have Beth Ann share how you can find her radio program, her podcast, and more about what she does. And it's my privilege to have her on my program, Truth to Ponder. For quite a while, and I've mentioned this in passing, that God is laying a number of things on my heart. I really believe we're coming into a time, a time of opportunity. Even in spite of all the bad news, a time of opportunity. There's no doubt in my mind that God is going to be pulling back the veil. And those that have been on the fence are going to see an immense amount of truth they never knew. Those with a reprobate mind will be, well, they'll be deluded. They'll be given over to delusion and they will never be able to see the truth. And that's just how it's going to be. I'm working on projects to to give a platform, additional platforms to more voices like Beth Ann and others that I know. We need to work together in such a time as this. And I've been around the business long enough to kind of understand the pitfalls. So would you pray for me as I try to help all these other broadcasters? As I try to grow this particular radio program, finding outlets, radio, shortwave, internet, whatever, wherever God may may open the door. Would you consider helping us financially and investing in this ministry? If you would, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address is Post Office Box 510. P.O. Box 510 in Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, zip code 24319. That's 24319, and we will be right back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. David's Greatest Battle. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. David was a warrior, a great one for the Lord. And during his life, he fought a lot of battles from youth to old age. And so of all of his battles, which was the greatest? 
Was it with Goliath or the Philistines or when his army took Jerusalem? I don't think so. Rather, it was the battle he fought after having fallen into sin with Bathsheba. Two very great sins of which everybody knew, most of all, God. David wept and wept. And here his battle began. It was the battle to acknowledge his sin, to confess it, to repent of it, and then to be able to accept the grace of God. It was the battle to accept God's love when everyone and everything pointed against it. It was the battle to believe that God was still faithful to him, even though there was no reason on earth for God to be faithful. This was the battle David fought after Bathsheba and all the remaining days of his life until the end. And so with you, my friend, your greatest battle will have nothing to do with guns or career or people. It'll have to do with you and God and staying close to his heart. And it'll be about his grace and his love, how much you truly accepted and how much you never did. David won the battle. And at the end of his life, it was written, he was a man after God's own heart. You be the same. You fight your good fight of faith. You believe in God's grace no matter what. You take hold of his love no matter who, what, why, or where, even your own sins. You believe his love and you will be as triumphant as King David. Want more? Ask for the beloved. Now, what if you could receive daily vitamins guaranteed to strengthen your spiritual walk with God? A six months supply for free. Well, you can. Sapphire's daily spiritual vitamins for a victorious walk with God and updates on Israel and prophecy and the incredible the mystery of the temple doors all free. You'll love it. How do you get all this? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be so blessed, but call now, 1-800. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now, you can actually spread salvation around the world for very little through shortwave radio from the Arctic Circle to Israel. It's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks around the world. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be part of it. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Love to hear from you. Just write to the nice Jewish boy at box 1111. That's in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey. And the zip, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy. It's box 1111. It's Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Mashiach, Messiah, David, the Beloved. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of this very special edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, this particular edition is being heard on WRMI, our primary shortwave station, and also will be heard on KVOH over the weekend. And so I'm thankful for the opportunity that we have to be on radio also as a podcast as I mentioned just the other day, a couple of the radio stations we have been on, we are no longer on either at all or not as many times. In the case of KVOH, because of the extremely high electricity rates, it became prohibitive to operate as many days of the week as they were. And so for the time being, they've had to cut back their, their airtime. And so we are only on Fridays and Saturdays at KVOH. We got the sudden news last week at the radio station and AM station in Delta, Utah. Well, they had to 
decide to pull the plug. And I, I believe, I don't know all the details, but there's some dispute between the two owners of the radio station. That's all I know at this point. And so that opportunity disappeared. Then with the hurricane, Hurricane Ian, a number of the uh, transmitters and antennas were damaged at, at WRMI. Now we are pretty much back to our regular schedule on the transmitters we were using. And for that, I'm so thankful to God that we are back on the radio. But keep us in prayer as we try to maneuver through all of this to make sure that we can always be there for you. And I'll let you know by the end of the program some ways you can help us out. Now, my guest today, Beth Ann, host of CSC Talk Radio, heard on radio stations and online. And Beth Ann, as we went to break, I promised the audience that they would find out ways to connect with you and find out about your radio program. So, Beth Ann, as I welcome you back, tell us how people can contact you and your radio program. Well, you can go to my website, and that is very simply csctalkradio.com. That's csctalkradio.com. Stands for Common Sense Coalition or Common Sense Conversations and talkradio.com. So we just go catsamcat.com. TalkRadio.com. Very simple right there. You can listen live or listen later. And, and hopefully I'll remember to, to give that before the end of today's program. So you mentioned you've been in doing this radio thing, as we call it, for about 25 years. And, and really, if you're like me, you're discovering in this day and age in which we live, this has really become more of a ministry than it is an occupation. And, and I know for, for a lot of us that are doing this, this is a calling. And it has to be. I mean, one of the beauties of, of this program, you know, I don't have any sponsors. Maybe someday I will, but I'll be extremely selective when I do. Um, I, I, I would never take a sponsor on that would even begin to compromise who I am and the integrity of the program. But if, you know, you know, And I had made that mistake early on, and I will not do it again. And uh, I... Uh, Right now, our sponsors are, I will only take, or my, my mission is, I will only take a sponsor that's American-made products. Mm-hmm. And uh, that cuts the, the, uh, that cuts the availability down quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I, I know. A lot, a lot of people are, are trying to market products, but they're getting them from overseas, and they, they're repackaged, and they try to make the, the foreign label the fine print. Right. So I understand that, and, and we and we talk about that the the cool label the uh, uh, country of origin labeling we talk mm-hmm. about that quite a bit on the show. Um, Liberty Tabletop is one of my main sponsors, and they they are the flatware that's making made in the United States, beautiful flatware mm-hmm. and safe flatware. And uh, then I have a silver and gold sponsor, uh, Discount Gold and Silver Trading. She's just awesome. And uh, her name is Melody, and I have Power of the Future, and that is Daniel Turner, who <laughs> you, we talked about somebody having a, a New York accent. When mm-hmm. I first found him, he'd written an article, and I jumped on it. And uh, he's he's actually advocating for our energy sector, for mm-hmm. common sense in it, uh, for the coal industry, uh, for the you know natural gas industry, fossil fuels, and uh, 
and I always and I always argue there's no such thing as a fossil fuel. You know, and, and, and I mean, because I, I did a little research on that and I discovered the term fossil fuel goes back to the 1700s. Russian scientists, they assumed that because oil was found near the surface of the earth, it must be fossil fuel. And so that's been stuck ever since. And then you go back to that's Sinclair Oil, go back to the days of Sinclair Oil in the oh, early... Oh, yeah, with the dinosaur. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but that's before we started drilling more than about 100 or so feet in the ground. And, right. and uh, wait a minute. The, this, the Middle East must have had a really lush environment for all those dead dinosaurs to be down 2,000 feet in, in the ground. <laughs> the, 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 the whole thing, we, we are living a lie with the term fossil fuel. I think you're right there, and I think also the fact that we want to believe that we're going to tap into it and it's going to be gone, like a, like an empty well. Yeah. And uh, I don't, you know, I, I know some places do, you know, you tap in and you take it all and then it's gone. But I think that the earth is still producing it. It that's is, just matter, matter of fact. Science. I just think that's it. But but my point was with this, this young man that, that sponsors me through Power of the Future, which mm-hmm. he founded, is that he was worried when he first came on my show because I, I am rural America mostly, and uh, he said, he said, you think with my New York accent they're they're going to be accepting of me? I said, I'll tell you what about rural America. He said, once you've earned their their loyalty, they'll stick with you. Amen. They will stick with you, and they know you. If you are sincere, and I know that you are, then they're going to be with you, and. Uh, and I said, they trust me, so I have to trust you. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, that's that's part of being radio, too. you got to have people on that you trust. And and uh, somebody that you ought to try and get on your show is, is uh, uh, Bob Woodson mm-hmm. with the 7076 pro, uh, Project. Uh, just He's just an awesome man. I haven't had him on for a long, long time, but... He's an awesome guy. Well, we and, need uh, there. There's so many great people out there, and they, they they're never going to get on the Fox News. They're never going to get on you know a lot of these big programs with the big sponsors. Um, but I, they're the ones that that God wants me to put on the radio, and I, I get some of the best information from these people that have nothing to lose because it's all about the truth. They have nothing to compromise because it's not about the money. Yeah. And, Bob and, Woodson is on the bigger networks uh they do occasionally but uh, but he is a christian mm-hmm. and he's trying to save the inner city by going in there and actually working in the inner city and uh uh he's just he's in his 80s and he's just amazing what he's put together and this is to combat that that 16 whatever it was uh yeah 1609 or whatever it was 1609 yeah this is to combat that he calls it the 1776 project amen and he's just an amazing man and you would just really click with him you would love him and uh you know yeah you do you meet you meet all kinds of even though you never see him face to face you meet all kinds of wonderful people uh when you do radio and uh you know it's just it's amazing to me you know we patriots and heroes they don't want recognition no they don't they don't want to be to necessarily be seen you know what i'm saying they're just trying to do the right thing you know, you you mentioned something before, and I thought I'd just share this. I read an article, a very good one, and I can't remember how many years ago. It's a long time ago. We we remember back in the days of the 30s and 40s, they used to drill for oil in parts of Pennsylvania and even Ohio. 
And a lot of people don't realize that, but we did. And, you know, over the years, those oil wells went dry and they got capped and we moved on. And, you know, now 30, 40, 50 years later, those oil wells have refilled. They, they could use them again. It just go. you're right. I mean, this oil is being more produced. more dinosaurs die? I guess. We must have missed it. <laughs> must have been climate change killed the last crop of dinosaurs. And now they're, they're ready to use for oil. I mean, this is, this is a silly, you know, I'm thinking, you know, this, well, not long ago, we had the, the hurricanes in Florida. And can you imagine trying to evacuate the state in your electric car? and trying to get charged up on the way up the highway? How's that going to work some of for them, you? Some of, them, some of them were literally carrying uh, uh, generators yeah. In, yeah. in the back so that they could produce electricity to recharge their cars. Yeah, It's yeah. just hysterical what has gone on in this country we, and, we, and how we have... You know, I don't think all of us have bought it, but we've just allowed it to happen. Well, we it's just, easy you when know, you indoctrinate for, you know, 50 years in education, at least 20, 25 years, and you go back to the 1990s during the Clinton years and the Al Gore years, Al Gore figured how to become a mega millionaire off of climate change. Yes, he did. Or at that time, global warming. But when global warming didn't pan out, they just changed the term. And we're also, back during the hurricane, watching Don Lemon or Lamont, whatever he calls himself, trying to get everybody to say that it's climate change that causes these hurricanes. And, And the truth of the matter is, we've had fewer hurricanes that have hit the United States in the past 57 years than the 50 years before that. And, and and they they don't want to acknowledge it. This has been going on. And the devastation on. is more now because we have built up. We live we on the coast. Yeah, you live on the coast. We have all these people living there. We've built communities right on the right on the water uh, because we all want to go put our feet in the sand. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, and I like to do that. I don't have a place there, but I like to do it. In, in 1998, and, uh, my wife and I moved to to Southwest Florida, that same region that you're talking about, you know, and I, so I know Punta Gorda, I know Port Charlotte, I know Fort Myers, I know Venice, I know Sarasota extremely well. I live there. I worked there and I served in that region. And I watched how the developments, you know, know, they used to be like little condo here and there near the seashore. Now we have high rises all up and down uh, that, that coast where there used to be maybe a handful of houses in density. Now there are hundreds, if not thousands. And then you have mobile home parks that are close by. You have all of this infrastructure that has grown immensely over the past 25 years. And you also have to remember the last hurricane that hit that part of the world was a, it was a category five, but physically very small called Charlie. And yes. you got to go back a hundred years to find another hurricane that hit of any magnitude. You had Hurricane Donna came through there, uh, and then, but once again, it was strong. But there was very few people living in Venice, Florida, at that time. And so we we've had these, but you're but, but people weren't living there. That's exactly right. And uh, um, so once you've got it built up like that, and you have a populace there. There's got, obviously there's going to be more pain and suffering, and uh, um, 
the price is much greater. You know, the cost is much greater when the storm hits there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a climate denier. Yeah, and, so am I. Uh, because you know it was acid rain that was disproven. Then it was the the scare of the hole in the ozone. We found out well, that was always there. Mm-hmm. And then it was global cooling. Then it was global warming. There was all these predictions, I even know. with the global cooling and warming. Oh, I know. I remember Earth Day, Earth Day 1970. And now it's climate change because they can't make up their mind, and it's an existential Hey, I, I'm just getting started and getting ready to start in radio, and I had my first little kind of junior radio job covering Earth Day 1970. Yeah. And I can remember all the speeches about how by the year 1990-whatever, there will be snowing snowfalls every winter in Miami Beach because we have destroyed the earth and we're going to freeze to death. So, you know, there's no hope. Move to the equator or stop pollution. needs to move to the middle of the nation because the sea levels are rising so greatly and and you're just going drowned and and of course then the ones that are preaching this they start building beautiful massive homes on martha's vineyard that's right <laughs> based on <laughs> listen not a bit of truth in what they're telling and not, uh, the not home a single bit the home that i own in florida you know based upon what al gore and company said in the 90s should be underwater but yes. the water hasn't moved any closer to it at all so i mean all of it is just you know and the worst part is We have such a short attention span in this country that we forget the lies from last week, last month, or two years ago. We we can't keep up with them. And Uh, so we believe the truth of the hour and never question what they're saying. And this is amazing. Well, and I think that's something that you and I are here for, for such a time as this, is to continue to drive through the truth. The truth sets us free. Mm-hmm. You know, the lies that they are and, and the falsehoods and the deceit that we are constantly have thrown at us, those are keeping us enslaved to government. But you and I know through Christ we're free. Amen. And we need to understand the truth will set this entire nation free. As long as they're lying to us, we have no freedom we have no independence. We have no liberty here in this nation. And as long as people believe the lies, they are enslaved to the lie. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, we watched Absolutely. we watched some, you know, megalomaniacs over the last couple of years over COVID. Making mm-hmm. some, you know, pronouncements that ended up being totally and absolutely false. And the worst part is they knew them at the time that they said them. Yes, I was just writing an article on that before we started our conversation. And not only that, but they put such a fear into the people. Mm-hmm. It's just that in and of itself is evil. So just a, just earlier today, I'm looking outside, and there's a, a gentleman talking to where I where I have my building. There's apartments on the next on the next side of me, and and they uh, he's talking to this uh, neighbor that I have. And he's wearing a mask outside, beautiful, sunshiny day. And he's wearing a mask and you see it in the grocery stores. There's Mm -hmm. still some who refuse to take the mask off. They are in such fear and they are enslaved to their fear. 
Now, I don't know. Maybe they have an issue that they need to be wearing a mask. I don't know. I doubt it. But, but I'm seeing this. I, and it's, 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 just, it's, it's a combination of fear. It's or heartbreaking, a, really. It's, it's either heartbreaking. a political it's either a political statement or it is, you know, purely fear. Look, even the CDC is quietly walking back those mask mandates and standards. They're even for the healthcare industry. Like, you know, we really didn't need this, and it may be more trouble than they're worth. And you know, it's like I had a I had a doctor friend of mine point out something on this program. He said, you know, we we it takes an electron microscope to see a virus. I mean, they're that tiny. And he said, yeah. you may not know this, but a virus will pass through unglazed porcelain. He said, if you used a mask made out of unglazed porcelain, you will suffocate. But a virus can still get through. So what is that paper mask going to do? <laughs> what chance does it have? None. You know, and, and I learned, I remember when I was working in emergency management, one of the things that, that triggered me to think something is wrong with the narrative I'm supposed to be putting together a press release and some material for the local TV station and what have you. And, and one of the items that the CDC, in their wisdom, has sent me is, is this video. And I'm supposed to share it, you know, with the media. And it shows the effectiveness of a face mask. And they have people coughing and sneezing into Petri dishes. Okay, you understand what a Petri dish is and how with or without a mask, you know, two days later, you got all this bacteria growing in the ones where they didn't have a face covering. And they're much fewer with the other. And they're supposed to equate that to a virus. A virus is one one thousandth the size of bacteria. Bacteria grows in warmth and water. And a virus is dead. It's not alive. It is fragmented DNA. And it can, and when you aerosolize it through a mask, it's going to hang in the air for hours. You know, and and the, so the, everything about a mask was all phony to begin with. Yet they perpetuated that myth, and people they knew who would comply and who wouldn't over time by those that would wear a mask well, and, and if those you that wouldn't. wouldn't. Then they were forced to. I mean, you couldn't. You know, they wanted you to. And then you. And then you. You know, I felt sorry for other people. But you couldn't go get to the doc- you couldn't go to the doctor without a mask on, and there's still some of those doing that. Yep. And uh, and of course, an eye doctor you couldn't go see the eye doctor without a mask. You couldn't do. They wanted you to wear them in the grocery store. They wanted you to do the six foot distancing and, and walk and all in the same direction. Which direction? I know. Yeah, because the virus is going to is going to fly away from you in that direction. You know, it's, they were like herd or, or how about we before following. we run out of time? How about remember remember sitting in a restaurant when you were walking to your table, you wore a mask. When you sat down, you could take it off. I guess the virus is only five foot in the air. <laughs> you know, at your head level. Well, and they, we know that the virus doesn't come in the food, but they wanted everybody to quit serving food at. at uh, at any kind of events, stop serving food. You can only buy the prepackaged, already packaged food. And who profited by that one, huh? Well, <laughs> and who made the, you know, and, and you have to understand, the world's wealthiest billionaires more than doubled their wealth over COVID. Yes, they did. And that's something yes, that people did. don't understand. Jeff Bezos, look how look what it did for Amazon. Oh, Amazon did well. A lot of places did well. Yeah, yeah. Before we run out of time, (laughs) before we run out of time, and I'm going to have to have you back on the program again. This has just been a delightful conversation, and and I'm trying to use this program to introduce my audience to other people that do similar things. 
I'm not getting paid to do this. I'm doing it because I feel the need that we should help each other out in growing our work and our ministries, that there is hope out there. The hope is not in politics. The hope is in Jesus Christ, period. Amen. And Amen. so is, are there any, is there anything else you want to add before we run out of time today? Well, I just want to encourage listeners to to understand that our hope is in Jesus Christ and in the truth, and to to uh, start thinking outside the box when you're told something. Question it. Question it always. And uh, and one thing we have to do, Bob, is we have to all be in prayer. We have to be a humble and repentant people. And uh, God will, He will restore our land if we do that. He's made that promise. Wow, what a wonderful way to to come to the end of this program, to talk about being in prayer, as the Bible instructs all of us that claim the name of Christ to do. My guest today has been Beth Ann, host of CSC Talk Radio. And you can find out more about Beth Ann by going to csctalkradio.com. That is csctalkradio.com. It was my privilege to have you on the program today. I feel this incredible burden. That's the only way to put it. To make use of all the media opportunities that are out there that we can access. Now, I don't, I know I'll never be another Sean Hannity. I'm not going to be a Bill O'Reilly or whatever these well-paid. I'm not I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying that's not what I'm called to do. I am called to be a Christian first, a pastor first, before being a talk show host. That's my calling. And there are many that I know that have the same burden. We have a heart for ministry. We have a Christian worldview. This is who we are. And I would find it hard for me personally to work for some corporately run radio facility or network because they would demand compromise. They would demand compromise if anything I was saying might offend a sponsor. Now, I have nothing against sponsorship. I've considered it for this radio program. I've considered it if I was to syndicate it to conventional radio stations. But I'm going to be very picky if we go that direction with whoever I would consider having on. In other words, I want to have control and I want it to be biblically sound if we ever go that direction. Right now, there are no plans. But I do have plans on creating some platforms. They they may never be as big as some of the things you're aware of, but they will do their part. They'll be a voice in the wilderness, so to speak. And if you believe in the work and ministry of this radio program and podcast and its future and what we're trying to do, would you consider an investment into Ancient Word Radio? That's who you make the check to, Ancient Word Radio. And we have a very simple address right now. The old address still works to the end of October, but the new address, our permanent address, is Post Office Box 510. P.O. Box 510, Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia, Chilhowie, Virginia, and the zip code is 24319, that's 24319, P.O. Box 
510 Chilhowee, Virginia 24319. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.